Welcome to Processing Purpose, a business and lifestyle podcast committed to having honest conversations about the stuff in our lives that is often suppressed, ignored, or overlooked. We are two brothers from very different backgrounds, but with one common goal. From entrepreneurship to relationships, from hobbies to house projects, nothing is off limits as we process becoming the best version of ourselves in business and life. So welcome to our first ever recorded episode, which I'm really excited to Number do, one. especially with you. Uh, my name is Gavin Johnson. I am a dude that <laughs> likes to be a dude. <laughs> no, re- realistically, though, I, I'm uh, really a dad of four, married to my best friend, and I'm an entrepreneur. I love starting and building things um, and pivoting and starting new things and, and doing all that. And so uh, really the purpose for me doing this podcast is to help anybody, uh, that I possibly can that maybe be, or maybe are in, you know, year one or two of their, uh, venture or their pursuit of business and life. And if I can help eliminate some of those mistakes along the way and, or just motivate and inspire somebody to do what they want to do in a big way, that's, that's what I'm here for. Uh, and then across the way we have, I'm Luke. Uh, I'm Luke Stokes. uh, And, you know, Gavin asked me if I wanted to do a podcast a while ago. And I was like, yeah, that might be kind of fun. Like, what are we gonna talk about? And he's like, I don't know, everything. So what are we talking about? We're gonna talk about a little bit of business. We're gonna talk about how to fit life into business. Yep. And maybe better said how to fit business into life. Yeah, not get lost in the pursuit. Yeah. And really, I think what you and I both, uh, I guess, embody is that work and life are not opposing forces, that we actually do our best to integrate both into our schedules and our day-to-days to to make it work, not necessarily try to work against one another. And so we can speak to that too. Yeah. I mean, mean, my background is I've been in the entrepreneur game since I was 18. Yeah. You know, started my first business. Then it was network marketing and slinging, you know, the, the latest, greatest product and trying to recruit people. And, and that's well, where I, I started with lemonade stands. So I got to beat by at least, at least four years. Yeah. I started when I was 14 doing lemonade stands. <laughs> you know, I lived in the country, so I never did. <laughs> I could have put a lemonade stand in like, Sold it to a deer passing, maybe. <laughs> nope. There would have been, been nothing there. Um, and I'm, I'm, I mean, my strength is bootstrapping. Mm. It really is. It's, it's problem what is, solving. What does that mean? What is bootstrapping? Zero and up when you start from essentially an idea. Okay. And, and kind of there's two camps. You have bootstrapping and then you have, I don't know what the actual term is, but you go out and look for funding. You yeah. have an idea and you have outside investors that could be, you know, PE, private equity, VC, you know, venture capitalist money, but you have somebody that's bringing money from the outside to fund your idea. And that's typically when you're, when you're like, maybe even on version 3.0 of your entrepreneurial career, or you're trying to launch a bigger idea, bigger product, but bootstrapping is really more about like, like a smaller idea that's brewing and you're just trying to build that out, right? Yeah, it's self-funded is really what it comes comes down okay. to is, is is self-funded versus outside funding. Um, and I think that the fallacy there is that, you know, with everything that we've seen, let's just call it the last decade and a half with everything from apps to um, 
you know, different tech plays, like there's this perception out there that I have an idea, let's go get funding. Right. right? And um, I think it's false. Um, and I think now that we're seeing a bit of an economic change, like things have been good, like economically for well over a decade. Right. So getting money, money was easy. Right. Um, I think we're going to see investors get tighter with their willingness to lend uh, and get involved. And I think you're going to have to bootstrap. I think you're going to have to figure out how do I make this, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be net positive, but how can I, how can I be revenue positive and prove my idea before I actually go look for funding? Let me, it just, it's top of mind. So let me ask this question as a bootstrapper, as somebody that likes to build something from the ground up, fund your own projects, how much time do you put into preparation, planning, research before you launch anything? Or do you just get started? Do you just say, I, I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm just going to start with step one and we'll, we'll build it out from there. Yeah, it's a classic mistake. And really our topic for today, at least in the, on the onset, when we were talking about it over coffee this morning was let's talk about ideas. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so, you know, in that lens, how do we, how do we approach an idea? How do we have, okay, I've got this idea I want to create and now what? And I think that people get caught up on the logistics, meaning, okay, what's the right name? Right. What am I going to call my company? What am I going right. to, you know, what I, I do that. <laughs> what's, what's the logo going to look like? Right. Right. You know, what colors am I going to use? And, um, what, you know, is the domain name available and let's get the LLC set up and they get all of it. I got to get my business card so that when I'm telling people that I'm an entrepreneur, I can one. give them a business card. Right. And none of those things are wrong. It's right. just out of order, in my opinion. And you got to get pens made. You've got to get, I mean, here's, here's one pens. right here. It says, it's got my company name on it. See that? <laughs> it does, actually. That's awesome. But this, there this is, is one of those free ones they sent you in the mail. Oh, that's awesome. But you do, you get stuck on those things. Yeah, and, and it prevents you from what I think is, I'm not sure it's fair to say it's more important than the idea, but execution really is where it comes down. And I'm going to say we, royal we, like, we can get caught up in all of the like, let's do all the things that don't actually move the ball forward right. instead of executing. And so my belief really is let's prove out the concept first right? before I invest energy into all the stuff that may not mean anything. So what build on that, what does, what does proving the concept mean? What does that look like yeah. you know, to somebody that's just starting out? Yeah. Can I sell one? How do you know if you can? Go sell it to somebody. Great like, point. Great point. Like it's not, it's, it, I have a philosophy. Um, what does it look like if it were simple? And I think we can, we can be like, well, I'm going to set up ads and I need this website and e-commerce and like you can set up, you can make things super complicated before you actually right. try and execute. But can you go sell one to your neighbor, to your brother? to the grocery store. Like, can you go in and have that conversation? Can you sell it? Do, do people actually want to buy it? You know, and someone, it, it, right in that same frame, someone asked me, um, the best way to know whether or not your friends are telling you the truth about your idea or your product is tell them, the moment they say they're excited for you, look at them and say, great, I have one in the trunk of my car. Would you like to buy one? Right. And their answer at that point is gonna tell you whether or not you have a valid idea. Yeah. 
And and I'm using the term go sell one kind of generically to to represent the action that needs to take place, right? Because it may be you want to be an artist, right? It, it doesn't, you want to start a nonprofit. And, and to sell one may look different in that context, right? But, right? but the point is you need to go and you actually need to try and move the ball down the field. So if it's, if it is a, a, a commodity or a commerce situation, go sell one. If you're wanting to be an artist, go paint one and put it into the local, right. You know, um, what do we have here in town that they, the, the walking art show, you know, in town art yeah, show, right? right. Or whatever it might be right. like, you know, before you think about setting up the studio and buying all the colors and getting the perfect easel and like, Go paint one and see if someone wants to buy it. Right. Let me let me take a, a bigger step backward real quick and just ask the question. How how do you actually come up with the idea mm. that you want to move forward toward? Because a lot of people's problems, especially entrepreneurs, is finding the idea that you actually want to spend time on and you want to learn more about and become an authority in. So how do you get to the point of discerning this is it, this is the idea, this is what I want to move toward? Because I think that's most people people's problem is decision constipation. You actually uh, shared something that your dad taught you uh, a few years back about decision constipation. And I think when it comes to entrepreneurship, especially when you're at the beginning of your career in entrepreneurship, and what I mean by that is not necessarily beginning of you starting a business, but you beginning to start anything, anything new. Um, I actually think it's extremely valuable not to worry, especially as you're starting out and you're, you're beginning your entrepreneurial career is not getting too stuck on even the idea itself, but just learning how to execute and yeah. moving towards something in a really effective way. Cause you can pivot and we are, we do pivot to a different idea and a new pursuit all the time, yeah. but it's you learning how to execute and how to put that idea together. That makes sense. And so you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is that my, uh, one of my questions for you was actually similar cause you're, you're an ideas guy, mm -hmm. right? You, you don't lack for ideas. Yeah, I've more than I need. Yeah, and, and I think yeah. people fall into one or one of two camps. Gosh, I, I really am tired of working for this boss. I want to go do something, but I don't know what I'd do. Or I've got ideas. I got ideas. I got ideas. I got ideas, and it never makes it past that point. Right. Right. I think it's it's kind of it's kind of one of two things, and really. There's two concepts here. One, the first is if you're the ideas person, just go start doing. There's no such thing. Well, I'm not sure that's fair to say. That might be a reach. I was going to say there's no such thing as a perfect idea. There, there, there may be like that moment where you're like, this is the thing. And it, your intuition tells you you want to pursue it. I mean, we've talked about it before. Like, which one of these do I pursue? Well, which one do you want to just go get crazy learned on? That, that's what you had right. asked me. What do you want to learn the most about? Yeah. What are you willing mm -hmm. to like just commit to learning about because you want to learn about it? Right. That's where you put your energy. Um, or at least that's where you start. But don't get married to that either. Like you said, don't get married to that idea. Right. If you're the ideas guy, I think the thing is go execute. Meaning right. let's try this idea. And fail quickly. Like get to the point where you can either go, yeah, this is making sense or no, this is not. Right. So that you can go to your next idea and your next idea and your next idea. If you've got more than one thing, you're not going to get to a place where you've evaluated and analyzed all the ideas so much that you're like, and this is the one I'm pursuing. 
it doesn't work that way, at least not in my experience. Like, don't you, wouldn't you say too that expediency and the growth of your business has a lot to do with how quickly you want to learn or how quickly you learn from your mistakes? It's certainly a factor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so be excited about mistakes. Don't be don't yeah. don't don't be afraid to fail and and fall on your face. Get back up and be excited that you've learned something new and you can apply it to your business. I think that's one of the things that really keep people from executing, from taking action. Is that like, I'm going to start this and what if it doesn't go as I wanted it to? Right. Right. And it, it, the fear of that failure prevents them from taking action. And really, and this is, I, I'm not sure that I can even say like, I've got this mastered. Um, and I've started a dozen businesses and exited a couple. And so, you got to be okay with that. Oh, this didn't go as I thought it was going to. And, and maybe reclassifying failure. And almost expect it to not go how you thought it would. I mean, that's kind of life in general. Right. I mean, we all have great plans and rarely does it go according to plan. Right. Whether you're trying to get to the grocery store at a certain amount of time or get the kids to school this morning on time. Right. Right. Or, you know, starting a business like, you're going to have failures. You're going to have things right. that you started, put energy in, and it's not going to work out. And the quicker you can go through that process, the faster you can get to the idea that is going to work. Right. That's a good point. Yep. Right. You're because you're, yep. you're going to have ideas that aren't going to work, especially if you're an ideas person. Well, let me speak to this too. I think there's also a bit of a um, uh, what sort of obstacle for a lot of people uh, when they want to step into business, but they also fear um, ridicule uh, and being ostracized from their sphere, from their group, right? Of whoa, what if I what if I try this and it completely flops, mm -hmm. and now everyone's looking at me like I'm a complete idiot? I don't want to look that way. I don't want people to think that way of me. Um, the good news for well. I, the good news for you is that's a lie, uh, but the best way to test that lie is to go on social media or really any um, network platform and ask the question to your sphere, if I were to step into this and if I were to pursue this, how would you all feel about that? Yeah. Would you be excited for me or would you question me or, or how would you feel about that? In 9.9 .9 times out of 10, your sphere is going to absolutely wrap their arms around you put their arms around your shoulder and cheer you on there. There's just no doubt. And a pro tip here. If they don't find a new sphere, <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not worth being around any longer. They're just not. Um, now if you're doing something incredibly questionable <laughs> in terms right. of your own character and things like that, I'm thinking about going and selling drugs. <laughs> yeah, what do you guys like, think? You guys on, on board? Yeah, obviously use, uh, use some, some discernment there, but, um, but at the end of the day, if it's a, if it's something that you're excited and passionate about, it might be maybe a little bit avant-garde to who you've been in the past, but it's a new path that you're excited about and it's legal and acceptable. <laughs> uh, then, then run it through that filter, uh, just asking your sphere what their thoughts are about it. And you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if you've got ideas, the key is to just run, yeah. you know, and Quit trying to pick the right one. I, I mean, chances are you're not going to pick the right one anyways. And we can put right in air quotes. What's that even mean? Right. The one that gets traction, I suppose, is how you could define that. But you're right. not going to pick the right one. Right. Nobody picks 100% winners all the time. So quit thinking that you're going to and just go fail. 
And if you're worried about the people around you that are going to think less of you if you fail, go execute in the dark. Correct. I mean, just go and do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think, I think enough, I mean, maybe there's additional things to be said, but I think the next piece of that though, so you've either got the ideas guy, Mm -hmm. right? Or you got the, I just need to do something. I just don't know what to do. Okay. A lack of ideas. And for, for that, which I fall more into that category, I'm not a idea guy for the most part. There's a, there's a, there's a comparison to be drawn between ideas and opportunities. Mm, yeah. And ideas are like, oh, I'm going to go and start a worm farm so that I can sell the greatest mulch, right? Or, or sure. you know, whatever, topsoil or whatever it is, right? That, that's just, that's ideas. Opportunities is what bugs you. Looking for solutions. Looking for solutions. Yeah. And if your idea is is solving a problem is an opportunity usually there's something there but we need to err on the side of opportunities as much as we need to execute on ideas so if i if i and this is another if you have a bunch of ideas this is another lens to look through is which one has the biggest problem i'm solving and or which problem am I most passionate about? Which yeah. problem am I most excited to solve? Yeah. Because it could be a lesser problem, but if it fuels you and that excitement's just pouring out of your veins, I mean, you're... Like you're, you're going to watch YouTube videos at midnight about it anyways? Never been there, ever. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. I've been yeah. there a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it's how you get good at stuff. It is because yeah. you just get so entrenched in it all and i would say that's a great indication if you go well how do i know how do i know the idea i'm moving toward is the one i'm supposed to move toward and i'd say you'll know because you can't get enough of it Mm. and you can be just 50 pages into a book and just anything that interrupts that uh is upsetting right and you just understand you just know that that's what you want and then define what success looks like Mm. right if you're going to pursue an idea what does this successfully getting traction look like? Yeah, a good example of that just made me think of it. There was a guy that, um, I don't know where I saw this actually, but he uh, was a straight A student getting his bachelor's degree. Uh, I can't remember what university, but he went on to get an MBA. And he told himself for whatever reason that, hey, because of the season of life I'm in, uh, I'm only going to give my MBA this much attention. I'm not out to become a straight A student for, for my MBA. So I, I bring that up because every season has its own goals attached to yeah. them. Has, it has its own points of execution attached to them. And it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, you don't necessarily need to give it your all every single season for every single reason. Yeah. That rhymed. I didn't mean that to rhyme, but that yeah, you're a poet. You didn't even know it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, what does success look like, right? It may just be like, hey, worst case scenario is I learn how to cook kick-ass barbecue, right? And and it might be, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. And, and it might be, no, no, this is going to monetize and I need to be able to sell a unit, yeah. right? And, and so I think each project, each idea, each thing you're chasing is going to have a different definition for success. And I think you need to be clear about if I'm going to start pursuing this and give this energy what's my what's my ideal outcome what what's my yes this works no this isn't working 
and it's time to pivot to a new idea, like what's my pass fail there? Right. Another question I think to filter through would be, what do you want to be known for? Mm. You know, I, I really appreciated your, your question a couple years back of what do you want to learn the most about? Mm. Because for me, that reframes it completely in how do you want to pursue this? Not necessarily how do when and where do you want to wake up one day and who do you want to become? It's like, how do you want to pursue this on a daily minute by minute basis? Right. Yeah. I think that was a very, very, um, uh, educational way to frame it for me. Yeah. Um, but I think really thinking long term, right. I think we've talked about it. We believe you can be anywhere you want to be in five years. It's all about how you execute. In fact, sure. one of my friends is a venture capitalist. He says, I don't, I don't invest in ideas. I invest in execution. Mm. In people. That's right. He, exactly right. In fact, he puts more emphasis on that, the person, than the actual idea yeah. or plan itself. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. You know, you're you're an ideas guy. We alluded to that, right? Mm -hmm. So, how have you navigated having all these ideas and picking, choosing, finding your path to the ones that have worked for you? Like, I'm not an ideas guy, so I can't really speak to that. But if you have squirrel, squirrel, idea, idea, right? Like how yep. do you how do you filter that and go, okay, this is I mean, we've been kind of talking about it, but from your perspective, like, oh, that one's got legs. I think let's go, let's try something there. Yeah. So currently I'm in real estate, so we own a real estate company uh, here in town. Um, and that was more driven by opportunity for sure. Um, and I think when it comes to ideas, creative outlet, two things that I'm actually learning in the process of learning. How did you identify that was as opportunity? Like what real was, estate? Yeah. What was the differentiator for you where you went, oh, there's opportunity here. This isn't just like, I think I could be good at selling real estate. Because in the time I, I stepped, yeah, great question. And the time I stepped into is 2013. And so um, I knew that like every single market, it's cyclical and this is going to come back and it started to kind of inch its way back in in 2013. Um, so I kind of felt that happening economically. Uh, but then I also realized my skill sets, right? And just my natural personality and my, my sociability skills and things like that and thought, huh, there seems to be more interest in real estate right now. And I feel like I could probably be good at this. Like, I, I feel like I can actually, actually serve people in the way they need to be served. One of two reasons. One is because uh, I felt like it, they, there was a lack of service through my own experience. Um, and I felt like I could probably set the bar a little bit higher. Um, and then secondly. That's is, key there, by the way. Yeah. I think that can't be understated, overstated, that your experience gave you the lens to see the opportunity correct versus oh i i i think there's opportunity there no i've experienced that there's a lack of service quality whatever it might be right. in that area that's the way we started one of our businesses as well as i was like this should be different this affected me personally right and i'm we won't need to unpack that too degree 33 um i'm assuming that's what you're alluding yeah, to yeah. um and so, and then the other piece of that was, um, I was also finishing my degree online. And so I thought, man, this is good timing in terms of I'm, I'm in a season of education, right? Might as well take the time and just take these classes while I'm taking my, my college courses, uh, which I did, I just packed them in. So I ended up 
working basically every morning working on real estate courses and my my degree as well uh aside from that um and i think yeah the duality of of both of those factors just made me go hey let's give this a shot and see what it can be now of course real estate like any other sales position or entrepreneurial endeavor i mean it's a serious grind and i think if anything real estate taught me more about the grind than even business in general um it taught me how to work. It taught me how to execute. It taught me how to follow through and get up and get after it every single day and make no excuses. Mm-hmm. And when I did, guess what? I lost. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, and so a lot of hard lessons were learned. Uh, and in victories won, yeah. you know, through that process. You also had a lot of ideas along the way, though. And, and how, how and do you I? weeded some of those out and some of them you pursued and it was like, oh, that, you know, like, like the caffeinated water one. Yeah. I mean, I could list them. I don't need to do that, right? And yeah. I'm not doing that, you know, for like, oh, no. here's all the things that you tried and didn't work. I, that's kind of the point, though. Yeah. And how did you kind of give me an example of like, I did this idea, and here's how I realized that it was time to move on from that idea. Yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll go back to the the water pop idea. So I had a, a idea for Northwest Water Pop. It was kind of a, uh, in line with um, all the craziness around uh, soda water and, and sparkly water and all that that took off over the last decade or so. And so I thought, man, it'd be really cool to create a boutique, uh, Northwest style version. Uh, we're, we're in the Northwest in, in the States and uh, Northwest style version with Northwest flavors, things like that of water pop kind of create this. We also live in a, in a geographical area that, that lends itself to a ton of outdoor activities and recreation and so we catered to a certain demographic and I thought this could really kick off with this demographic, like having a kind of a, a boutique-y, uh, kind of a cool um, hipster style uh, soda pop company or, or water pop company. Um, but I realized it was not a good idea because A, I actually did what Luke suggested. I went around to all the local grocery stores and asked them if I could, if I could find a place on their shelf with my product. Uh, they actually were really receptive. Um, yeah. Hey, let's get skews going. Let's, let's get this figured out. Um, I really was encouraged by that, that the local scene was so supportive of local art in a way. Um, uh, but I realized it was not a good idea for me to continue to pursue because I didn't want to share it with the world. And I, and I very specific about the way I say that because yeah, what do you mean by that? What I've realized uh, now, he also uh, mentioned barbecue barbecue is something I've absolutely fallen in love with. And I want to share it with everyone I come <laughs> in contact with. Not only the food you I do make, make the delicious barbecue. Th- thank you. Uh, made some pulled pork two nights ago, actually, but I, um, I just love it. I love the process of it. I love prepping it, um, seasoning, putting it on the smoker, taking it off the smoker, slicing it up. But ultimately I love watching people enjoy what I make. Um, and now because I've spent so much time learning how to do it well, I want to share with others how to do it well, right? There's tons of people out there doing it. So I'm not saying I have the best way to teach these things. It's just, it doesn't matter because I care about it and I love it. And I want other people, um, to learn about it so that they'll love it and be able to pour into their communities. And so, um, I, I would say that's, that's how I determine whether or not it's worth my time is whether or not I want to share it with the world. Interesting. That's an interesting lens. So with, with, with water pop, you were like, was it indifference? Like, I don't really care if people find out or you just didn't. It, it just wasn't like, a um, 
it wasn't something that brewed it brewed curiosity it didn't brew passion and mm. i don't know how to it's hard for me to define it any further than that um in other words like it was something like oh this seems like it could be a cool idea instead of like i love doing this and i just want to show people how to do this yeah right not because i'm perfect at it not because i'm amazing at it there's other people that are way better than me at this but it's because i like genuinely when i start i'm so I'll tell you guys. I'm going to start a YouTube channel uh, doing some of this barbecue stuff. I'm just waiting for my outdoor kitchen to be finished off um, to be able to start filming in there. Um, but I'm just going to start doing it. And I'm going to preface that entire series with I'm not the best at this. Yeah. Right. I'm not the most educated. I'm not the most talented. But I will tell you, I am absolutely up there with the most passionate and those that really love to do this and just want to share it with the world. And that's really what I'm going to base everything off of. If it turns into something really cool and expands off of that, awesome. If it doesn't, and I and I help two, three, four people, then it's worth my time. Yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting thought there. That as you were talking through that, that the reason why that's important, like, do I want to pursue this, is because it's going to be hard. Yeah. And if if you don't have something other than just casual curiosity you're going to find it difficult to press through and problem solve everything that it's going to take to actually execute on an idea and so yes amen. you gotta you gotta be willing to work through those difficult things yeah there has to be a deep-rooted why behind yeah. anything you decide to do whether it be in this the barbecue ideas is going to be more of a side hobby hustle thing but nevertheless, no matter what you put your time and attention toward, you have to absolutely, has to light you up. Yeah. It has to. Well, and I think this podcast is a great example of that. Yeah. Right. I mean, we don't, we just, we, we were like, we have an idea. Let's do this podcast about talking about stuff that we think actually matters. And we have a good rapport and we talk about, we've been talking about this stuff once a week, every week for, I don't know how long, a year yeah. and a half anyways. A while. Yeah. You know? And we're like, well, let's let's record it instead of just shooting the breeze over coffee. And we don't have a name for this podcast. We don't have anything. In fact, as I'm talking, we're supposed to be recording everything. And my face camera has stopped. It says I don't have enough space. Oh, really? Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's an example. Like, it's not going to stop us from... Record. I'm not going to stop this because all of a sudden something broke. It's like, oh, no, our first episode from a video standpoint, when I'm talking, it's going to have to be on that camera over there. Right? I mean, that's it's just, it's it's not going to be perfect. It's a great example of business itself. Yeah. And it how, didn't go as I expected. Go. For some reason, it stopped. And I got a little thing that said, sorry, you don't have enough room. I don't even know what that means. And by the way, we're brother-in-laws. We haven't even mentioned that yeah, yet. <laughs> we haven't. We're, we're brother-in-laws, but more importantly, we're, we're incredible friends to one another and yeah. have have walked s significant miles together. We've been on big trips together, spent a lot of time on the water fly fishing. Yeah. You'll learn more about that as we go. That That's one of our passions uh, that we love to do. Luke also skis. Yeah. We'll share more and more about our hobbies as we go. But I do want you to, uh, before we wrap it up, because we are 30 minutes in, can you just touch on on your the beginning of degree 33 how mm. did that come to be how did you even get to the point where you're like there's something here we yeah. need to pursue this yeah so i think this 
in some ways kind of dovetails with what I think our next episode's going to be about, which is executing. Yeah. And so I'm going to give you some of it, maybe not all of it, so that I can save some of it for there. But it came down to seeing the opportunity. Now, Degree 33 is a surfboard company based in Southern California. My wife and I got married in 2005, and uh, we're from the Pacific Northwest, as Gavin said. And when you're two young kids from the Pacific Northwest, all you want to do is go to Southern California and surf. That's yeah. like the dream, right? Yeah. And so we got married, moved to California, moved to San Diego three months later. And we wanted to, uh, we wanted to get into surfing. And one of the things about surfing that's different from so many other activities is it's very guarded. In other words, the attitude is, if you don't surf, don't start. Ah. Uh. It really is, whether that's in the lineup, meaning out in the water, waiting for the mm -hmm. waves to come, whether that's in the shops. And that's really where we started to experience is you go in to ask questions as a beginner or what the industry calls a kook. And it's kind of cold. It's kind of like, um, yeah, man, way. those yeah. boards over there are beginner boards. Let me know if you have any questions. And it was like, it shouldn't be this way. Like it shouldn't be this hard to yeah. get into a sport. Now, granted, I'm an outsider. I'm a white skinned Pacific Northwest guy who's in the gray a lot. And I didn't fit the Southern California mold. And so there's a bit of just like, you're going to get out there and you're going to get in my way and you're going to take the waves and I'm going to be on an awesome one. You're going to be in the way. And so it's kind of this mentality. And right. so as we went through the process of acquiring boards and like trying to get into the sport just from a participation standpoint the idea slash opportunity really struck me to go what if and this wasn't like an isolated experience with like a guy at a shop that had a bad day right this was like dozen different shops half a dozen anyways being in the water like it's the general sense and I was like, well, what if we created an environment where the beginner was welcomed mm. and served and catered to specifically? So you saw an opportunity to solve a problem. The beginner surfer was not being catered to at all. Wow. And I went, well, I don't know much about surfing, but at this point, which was like once it kind of manifested, meaning the idea went from like observation to like, oh, there, there might be something here took probably 11 months, 11, 11 months is random. Cause it actually took 11 months. It took about a year. Okay. Um, do you wish that would have sped up or do you think that was just a natural process of things? I think or? that was my process. Okay. Like to, to have enough experiences where I could see the pattern. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Cause the first time it's like, Oh, that's random. You know, right. that guy was rude. Second time is like, Oh, that's a coincidence. That guy was rude too. Third time's a trigger. Right. You're like, all right, this is getting weird. Yeah. Third, yeah. third time's a pattern. So first time's a trigger. Second time's a coincidence. Third time's a pattern. And yeah. I went, oh, this is kind of the way the industry is, or at least the Southern California industry is. And so um, I think it just, that was part of my process is it took a year to kind of get to the point where I could observe and articulate what was happening. Right. And then I went, okay, there's something here. Now, how we executed on that, I think we'll save for another episode because there's a lot to that. But I think it was, you know, looking back on it, I mean, it was so brain dead simple Yeah. Um, to like vet the idea and figure out whether or not this was gonna have legs. Um, but from an observation standpoint, getting to the point where I saw that there was an opportunity there was experiential. Right. Because I was the market. 
Gotcha. Now hold on that because I want to build on that next week when yeah. we talk about execution because yeah. how you executed on that idea or that awakening, so to speak, that's going to be a lot of great meat to chew on for next week, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's going to get a lot of people going, oh, like that's all the harder this was? Like, well, it's not, it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, I did this and I did this. It's like, no, all I did is this and it like worked and so then I did it again. But but at the same time, yes. But at the same time, it wasn't necessarily as romantic and sexy as everyone makes it out to be. Yeah. In other words, you didn't go pick your logo. You didn't go pick your website. You didn't do all that. We're going to get to this. I don't want to yeah. throw any spoilers yeah, yeah. out there. But you literally were just packing things. In a, anyway, I don't yeah. want to uh, give, yep. give away too much. But Very it, it was so yeah, basic and bland in terms of kind of the excitement we build around these ideas you know yeah i think you just you took it to not an extreme but you took it to uh, uh just back to the basics yeah. of let's just start square one and build this thing out instead of getting all fancy about it and i appreciate that more than you know yeah so yeah this is gonna be a fun journey and yeah we're gonna obviously talk about our projects and kind of start in a business vein here but I, I don't know about you but i'm game for wherever this goes like yeah i mean and hopefully you guys that are listening to it, all two of you at this point, which is probably, you know, my dad and your mom, <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I hope you're along for the ride. Cause I don't, you know, it might end up on kids and marriage and fly fishing and skiing and it's all relevant. You know, I, all hope relevant. That, I hope that you guys find value in it all. So we're kind of creating on the fly here. We don't really know where it's going. And I think that that is a perfect example of, how you take an idea and just execute. We may get, hey, disclosure, we might not make it past the third episode because we might run a run out of things. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Because we had to execute to find out, oh, this isn't as cool as we thought it would be. And at some point, we're going to ask you guys questions too and get some feedback from you guys. When there's more see, than two of you. Yeah, when there's <laughs> when there's more than two to three, three of you listening in. But no, we will just to get your feedback and try to figure out what content you would like to hear more about. Yeah. Again, I mean, we have figured some things out. We have there's a lot of lot of things we have not, and we just want to pursue and navigate that together. Yeah. Is where we're at. Yeah, so. it's gonna be fun. Cool. It's gonna be fun. So I don't know how we end this, um, because we didn't really talk about any of this. We just kind of turned everything on. Is there a way to give a hug? Oh, I guess we are in video. We are over here. My my camera video is gone. No, I'm just kidding. I. Uh, I, I would say just uh, for the day, do you, do you want to have a last finishing thought kind of a thing? I mean, I think if there's anything to like to punctuate it all is that if you've got an idea, it's time to figure out which one you're going to try first and not be married to it. The I will finish be with, okay with failure. Yeah. And welcome it. Yeah. I mean, not only be okay with it, but welcome it. Like, look for it. Bring it on. Those right? that succeed at a really high level, I know we just keep going here, but those that succeed at a really high level, they frame failure different than almost everybody. I, lo I love the quote, the highest achievers are those who don't quit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, they are. They're the ones that persevere. And, and it, let's categorize not quitting. Because that doesn't mean that you marry yourself to an idea and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going right. and you keep going. And I'm not going to quit because the most successful people don't quit. That's not what you're talking about. 
I'm talking about continual individual development. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Developing a business, developing in life, developing as a as a father, a husband. Right. Those are. Yeah, I think it's a misnomer. I never quit anything in my life. Right. Well, first off, it's a lie because you're not playing baseball like you did in the seventh grade still. <laughs> right. So, yeah, careful. <laughs> but there's intelligence behind, oh, this one isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. It's time to quit. Yeah. Right? And it's got this negative connotation. Well, we always – we you and I very rarely use the word quit. We typically yeah. use the word pivot. Pivot. And we're not talking about stopping in your tracks. We're talking about just switching your direction up. and moving all – taking all of that experience, knowledge, and skill set that you've gained over the years and moving it in a different direction. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's not quitting. Yeah. Very, very different. Yeah. So I'll, I will finish by uh, giving you guys one quote to chew on. It's something that I absolutely love and something that's really impacted me over the last year. And that is uh, your strengths will not feel like strengths. They'll feel like common sense. Mm. Uh, and I think that's Love a that. great way to finish this topic because when it comes to ideas, developing them, having them, uh, executing on them, I think it's important to understand what your strengths are in all of that uh, and leverage your weaknesses as quickly as you possibly can. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Great way to end. Cool. So come along with the ride. Love it. Talk to you guys next week. Later. I don't know how to turn this thing off. Oh, here we go. Thank you for tuning in to Processing Purpose. We hope you grabbed a few gold nuggets to take one step forward in your journey of life and business. Please remember to like and subscribe our channel if you'd like to get more content to help you build and grow everything around you. Make today your best day. Today is day one.